This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. It's Paul Wheelock and to get the lowdown on Liverpool's next opponents, Leeds United, I've spoken to Conor McGilligan who works for Leeds Live and Yorkshire Live and is a big fan of Marcelo Bielsa's side. We talked about the atmosphere Jurgen Klopp's team are going to encounter on Sunday, New England international Patrick Bamford and just how good the Liverpool link Rafinha really is. Hope you enjoyed the show. Guy Clark will be back after the match with the post-game podcast. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red channel. Hi, Connor. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. I uh, hope you're well, mate. Uh, I've got to admit, Leeds versus Liverpool, full house at Ellen Road on Sunday. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Are you? Yeah, mate, it should be good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was going through a bit of research earlier on, and I think it's the 29th of February 2004 was the last time in the Premier League with full crowds. I'm going to test you, Paul. Did you know the score? You know what? I was looking earlier. Can I guess it 2-2? It was, bang on. Can you guess, bonus points, can you guess the scorers? I'll give you Liverpool. Go on. Barros and Kuehl on his return. Horrible. it was, yeah. <laughs> I, I, literally, one of my questions or notes I've got down here was looking at two of the games that I remember, and I couldn't remember that 2-2 one. I can remember <laughs> the 4-0 one when Heskey scored. But no, I mean, did Owen, Owen grab one then as well, didn't he, I he think? He did, yeah. It was 4-0, yeah. yeah. It was that class. I think it was 2002, I'm pretty sure. Good day yeah, for you, boys. You've stolen the thunder there because I've got to talk about good <laughs> memories and bad memories in a minute. But no, it, that, that's what I mean. It's Leeds Liverpool for certainly probably men or women my age. It was a classic game. You know, it was like a proper Premier League game, and it's it's crazy to think that it's been that long since we've had one in terms of a full crowd. Because obviously there was two last year behind closed doors. But it, I'm pretty sure I look online at what fellow Liverpool fans. Are saying and and they're excited. Is that the kind of feeling in the city? I know we've had this horrible international break in two weeks just after the season started, but yeah, there must be a good feeling about this one amongst the, the Leeds fan base as well. Yeah, it's one of the big ones, isn't it? It's what we've been waiting for, Paul, for 16 years. I think I always say this Leeds haven't been affected at all. The atmosphere has been the exact same uh, throughout that 16 year period, so it is it can be hostile, you know. I think Everton came last couple of weeks ago and, and they sort of experienced it I spoke to a couple of Everton fans and they were just like wow and with Liverpool it is a it's a level up so you know the the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable obviously Leeds are going to be going to be hellfire and fury in terms of how we play as well so I think all encompassing with with the Liverpool fans there as well it's gonna it's gonna be built into a, a really encapsulating affair I think yeah most definitely as I say I'm glad you touched on the atmosphere there because I imagine a lot of our listeners or hopefully have experienced that kind of Ellen Road, uh, kind of that raw, what you can, you can shake, it truly can shake the ground. I've been there a number of times myself as, as work and as a fan. And, you know, I'm sure there's good memories for Liverpool. We touched on that 4-0, some bad memories as well. I think pretty famously, it's the Sky era, Mark Viduka, four goals. And probably the best of the lot was uh, Tony Yaboa's volley, even a Liverpool fan. I had to remember that. My first game, Paul, 4-3, Viduka, four. That's what I mean. It, I don't think... People who haven't been to Ellen Road because it's been such a long time out of the Premier League can actually realise like this is a proper club, isn't it? Like we know it's a proper club in terms of its stature, but it is a proper addition to the Premier League again, isn't it? In terms of like the atmosphere. 
Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, well, I've, I think you'll be you'll be moved because you used to be in the you used to have the full south stand, but now the south stand's just like a it's like a zoo. To be honest, Paul, they've yeah. just got all the nutters there. Um, so Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool fans will be in the corner. So it, it really, yeah, it's it's a real sort of hammering hammering tongue thing. But it's yeah, it, oh mate, it's 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 as I say, over the sixteen years, it's built up and built up and built up. And since Bielsa's come in, it's. I mean, some of the games we've had, even even just in the championship, the atmospheres. I mean, the decibels when you know match on together rings out, and yeah, it's it's a special. It is a special place, but it's a classic ground, isn't it? I mean, they need they need they need improvements on it, of course they do, but that will come in time. But at this moment in time, we're we're sort of um, we're relying on it as the twelfth man this year, to be honest, Paul. You now have that twelfth man back, like all Premier League clubs do, but. Leeds still finished ninth last season, which I thought was more than respectable. You know, anyone who knows Bielsa and anyone who knows the job that he'd done in the Championship to get Leeds all the way to the top of that division probably wasn't surprised. But how big a difference could the crowd make this season in terms of, you know, maybe progressing on, on what Leeds did last season? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question, Paul, because we've had it both ways, to be honest, mate. We've had the anxiety feel, which happens. It happened a little bit against Everton. Everton were 2-1 up and they had a chance with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And you can always feel it at Ellen Road. There was a feeling when we lost 4-2 to Derby in the playoff final, which was the worst night of my life, I think. Um, <laughs> you, fe you felt it at 1-1 when we had a man sent off. And there is a real feel around Ellen Road. And, and a lot. it's a heavy shirt to wear. It's a heavy shirt to wear. And I think you know, the crowd really feed on that as well. So... It, if you know, let's say for this game, I mean, I think expectations are a little bit different for this game. But you know, if Liverpool were to go one nil up, you'd get that little bit of a feel. But the driver, you know, it can be that it can be the the twelfth man just because of the, the the sheer noise that we make. To be honest, Paul, so it works both ways. I would one hundred percent say it, it is the twelfth man eighty percent of the time, or maybe seventy percent of the time. But there can be moments. I mean, I'm, we played Burnley last year and we beat them 1-0 and Burnley, for some reason, just battered us at Ellen Road and we beat them. But it was nervy. It was nervy. And I, and I turned around to my dad at half-time and I said, if there'd have been crowds in there, I fear that we might have leaked one in. But as opposed to that, there was Wolves at home last year and we lost 1-0. Arsenal, which was 1-1, where we battered them. No, it was 0-0 and we battered them. That's where we'd have got over the line with the crowd. So it, it works in effect both ways, I think. What are the expectations for this season? Reference the ninth place finish uh, last season. Some good signings, fantastic manager, United club. What what are the feelings in the fan base about what the club can do this year? It's a tricky one. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know if you you'd say I was pessimistic, negative. I don't know what it is, Paul. Realism. I I, I go on that slant to be honest, but I, I'm happy to stay up. I think the biggest thing in this the whole second season syndrome. A lot of people throw it out the window, but it is a thing because you know when teams come up. They get figured out a lot in the second year because teams adapt to them. Now, now a lot of teams did adapt to Leeds United last year, but we actually had a, a really good end to the season. Actually, I think we're second in the form table behind you guys. Actually, but you know, at the start of this season, it's it's been a little bit worrying. We thought we'd learn at Man United when we came. They came to Ellen Road. We sat back. We tried to hit them on the counter a couple of times. Nil nil. You'll take that. You know, Chelsea at home got a draw there. Beat Spurs at home. Um, drew with Arsenal, of course, and, and you thought Leeds were learning a bit from a defensive capacity. But then once again, you go away to Manchester United and you replicate the exact same tendencies that you had in the first game. So it throws up the question, have we learned? And um, yeah, we finished ninth. And I think a lot of that was attributed to the, the strong end to the season. But overall, I think from the board, everyone at the top level, they will be more than happy with consolidating. Leeds fans are a little bit more ambitious. They think eighth, 
seventh, but I mean, I'd be over the moon with that, Paul. But just, I mean, mid-table for me would be success this season. And But I do believe Leeds United as a club, and, and like we're just talking off air, as a city, as a, as a project, uh, you know, we we will really be one of those those clubs who, who obviously not getting in amongst the top four. You can always dream, but really have that upward trajectory in the next couple of years. But straight f- from the off, I think we just need to consolidate for, for two or three years. Talks about the United game there. Tough one for Leeds. And then I watched the highlights of the Everton game and it looks absolutely fantastic, really. You know, proper a proper Premier League match. Burnley, again, I watched the highlights from that. Is it fair to say it was a, a poor performance last time out? It was, Paul. Yeah, you bang on. We we sort of thought the, I mean, the Man United game, thanks for bringing that one up. Um, that, yeah. Yeah, that's still, that's still... Liverpool moving. fans all really appreciate doing that. Either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you boys with them, though. I mean, it's, 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 I think it's actually worse from our end. We we absolutely despise that lot. I mean, I do. My family do. My dad won't have a red card. We've never had Vodafone or a shout TV. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that that one really hurts. As I said, Paul, we thought we'd learn, um, but but we hadn't. And uh, the Everton game was a little bit of a, a coming back. You know, we weren't great, but but the performance was definitely much much better. The Burnley game once again felt like a bit of regression, and you know maybe 60-40 Burnley as well. I know Turf Moor can be a, a difficult place to go, but to be honest, Paul, I think over the years it's been getting less and less difficult yeah. to go to Burnley and Turf Moor. I think it's become easier. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think overall the performances have been below par. But I mean, what a game to what a game to turn it around on, really. <laughs> Trying to be positive after that Burnley game. Bamford got his first goal. Always nice for you your main goal scorer to get off the mark for this season. Now in England International too. Uh, I've got to be honest, I've, 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 personally, I've got no horses in this race, but I was a bit disappointed in get more of a show against Andorra. You know, I thought England were always going to win that game. And I was a bit disappointed when he was dragged off. Third play to Southgate, he realised it wasn't working, he brought some of his big guns on. But how was the feeling amongst the Leeds fan base about like uh, Bamford not, not getting a full game there? Yeah, I think it was a bit annoying to be honest, Paul, because I mean he's grafted so hard and you know he's come through the pyramid and he's not one of these players who have been 18, 19 and have just found the way in the England system and worked the way up. This guy has been to the depths really to get up there. And I think with uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin not being there, Watkins not being there, this was just a big chance. And I think just the time he got it's interesting though, I think Bamford always plays off the shoulder for Leeds, and you could see that a lot in his movement, whereas Harry Kane drops deep a lot, as you'll know. And I think England are sort of catered to Harry Kane, really. And and that's why I didn't think he was getting a lot of the balls in and behind. I don't think that's how England play, really. Um, but it was a shame. I thought maybe if they'd have brought Grealish on, Mason Mount, maybe just kept Bamford on for 20 minutes, then see how he does, then bring Kane on. But, I mean, it's sod's law, isn't it? I think Harry Kane got about a, a penalty six minutes after Bamford had gone off. So, <laughs> so it works, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, he had like I seen on the telly and he had like a rueful smile kind of thing. Of course, he was clapping because he's the New England boy. But inside, he was thinking, God, I wish I was on that to take it. Uh, I, I, I know the Patrick Bamford story. I think, it's, I think it's a great one. And, you know, he's he proved himself in the Premier League last year with the amount of goals he scored. Uh, I think one against Virgil van Dijk in that brilliant fourth week on the opening day of last season. Yeah, is Bamford carrying himself like an elite forward now? Because... He's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting, he's a good guy, but I suppose you've got to have that edge, haven't you? That cockiness, like to, to make it at the top. Yeah, he's, he's almost come back with a little bit of swagger. He was he was having a pretty much a fight with Yerry Mina on, on the second game for 90 <laughs> minutes, and, and Ben Me and Tarkowski were trying to rough him up. But the good thing about Bamford is he's, he's massively evolved. He never used to do that, he used to shy away a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, I think the the Virgil Van Dyke thing typified that. To be honest, that we didn't think we'd get a sniff in that game. Obviously, the, the champions of the Premier League against the champions of the Championship, and um, yeah, I thought Bamford had him. A, there was there was two or three occasions where he he, he sort of um, put Virgil Van Dyke off kilt, really, and uh, maybe that bred a little bit of confidence in him throughout the season. Obviously, he ended with seventeen goals. I mean, you'll know Paul replicating that in the Premier League is it's it's a very very tough ask, especially a team who really just looking to stay up but he's definitely evolved as a player and he's become one of our men that a lot of our fans would have been probably happy to see go really three or four years ago which if Leeds fans have been honest they would have they would have said um and now he's probably the first or second name on the team sheet I'd say behind enemy lines on the blood red channel it seems a, a mixture of great management in Bielsa and yeah. really good recruitment as well. And that probably brings me on to the next kind of main man or one of the main men I wanted to speak about was Rafina. I know we were saying at the start before we recorded this podcast that uh, it looks like he's going to be banned for Sunday's match uh, as well as Alisson, Fabinho, Roberto Firmino for Liverpool. Just to give a bit of context, uh, the Brazilian FA has asked FIFA to impose a five-day ban on Brazilian and the Premier League players who did not join up with their national teams for the recent World Cup qualifiers. And it was Rafinha's first call-up to the Brazil squad. And I, I think we can all understand why the Premier League refused to let players join up with the national size, given that I think they had to quarantine for 10 days if they, if they went to red list countries. But has Rafinha expressed any disappointment over this? Because like, I imagine what a proud moment it must be for him getting called up to the Brazil squad for the first time and all this, what we're having to deal with, has stopped him from doing it. No, he was uh, quoted as pretty much saying the exact opposite, Paul. Um, well, Andrea Radvizani, Leeds United's owner, uh, I think he said at a, a conference he was at this this week that Rafinha had, had expressed to him that he didn't want to leave, which is unbelievable. I, to be honest, Paul, I, I'd love to think that was on footballing reasons and for the fact he wanted to stay at Leeds and, get, uh, and train and do all this sort of stuff and get back into the swing of things. And it might have been that, but... I would also probably say like it was because of you know health reasons and COVID and not wanting to contract anything and and and, and isolating as well. And he's a he's an ambitious young boy. You know he loves playing football a little bit like Phil Foden in the fact that he just you can imagine him never being off the football pitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh, he's some player, some player, uh, probably the best I've seen uh, a winger since Harry Kuehl, definitely a, a top top player. And yeah, I think he's going to have several international caps to be honest I don't think this is going to be the only feather in his cap just looking at his raw numbers from last season I think there was and this season 33 Premier League appearances seven goals nine assists we all seen his strike against Everton a couple of weeks ago you know did Liverpool and the other kind of top four or five teams at the top of the Premier League miss a trick with with, with Rafinha because looking at it now that 17 million pounds Leeds have spent for him on from Rennes just looks like an absolute steal yeah, I mean, we we're all saying it last year, but just about how uh, you know we were all worried a little bit going into into the window. To be quite honest with you, because all of our attacking output, in my personal opinion, maybe not all of it, maybe 85 percent comes through him. He's the innovator. He's the creator. He's he's the one teams double, triple up on, and um, and he's and he's the X factor, and he really is world class. You know, I. I I think people throw around the term world class quite quite frequently, to be honest. But I, I genuinely think Rafinha could play. This is this is just my personal perspective. I think he could play in any team in the world. I think he's that good, um, and I think he. I think 
yeah, it's, I think I don't know how long I'm going to keep hold of him for, but the fact we've kept hold of him this summer is is pretty incredible for Leeds. It's a massive statement of intent. Um, it's almost it's almost better than a new signing, to be honest, Paul. Keeping hold of Rafinha and Calvin Phillips, of course, um, as a pairing for, for for another season. Yeah, he's going to be a top top player, but. Yeah, I can imagine you lot still sniffing around and I've seen all the rumours next next season and me getting nervous every single yeah. day. Probably cool all over again, like couldn't it be like we all know Liverpool were linked with him, they weren't the only ones. But bring you back to his comments about like maybe not going to going away with Brazil, understanding the situation. I remember following your coverage on Leeds Live over over the summer about it. And he was pretty respectful then, wasn't he? Because okay, it'd only been a season at Leeds, but he you know, we've impressed everyone in, in certain situations when you've got maybe a Liverpool sniffing around and other big clubs, you might make a few moves, maybe speak to newspapers or websites in your home country and, you know, kind of go, oh, that'd be quite interesting that. Everything Rafinha did in the summer was to suggest that, no, he's, he's not going to rock the boat. Yeah, I think that comes back to the transfer policy, to be honest, Paul, which is Leeds don't just go out and, and buy players they buy personalities, you know, and I think that is a it's a huge thing. And don't get me wrong, it, it'll be an ambitious, an ambitious lad. And I'm sure he'll go on to to even better things than Leeds United. I know it's painful for Leeds fans to think of that, but you know there are bigger and better things to to a lot of other footballers, especially these foreign lads. You know, they've got no allegiance to to, yeah. to Leeds United. You you hope they do develop that, but he might, he might have. But he's he's been saying all the all the right things. You know, he wants to stick around. He loves the fans. You know, and you'll know. Paul, it's an obsessed city. It's a massive city, and um, yeah, we all we all make sure he's he's well loved on social media and in person and all this sort of stuff. And and he he could become a hero at Leeds. And a lot of players, some players, I know it's the modern era, but some players maybe would prefer that to to, to bigger and better things. Who knows? I, I'm hoping he's going to be the next sort of foreign shearer. That's that's going to be the template. <laughs> We're recording this now, and then hopefully for Leeds and Liverpool's sakes, you know, either FIFA, the Brazilian FA, see a bit of sense, or the Premier League manage to to work something, and and all these players who are missing on on Sunday will be able to play. But if not, you know, Alison Becker, not many better goalkeepers in the world. Fabinho, absolutely superb, you know, uh, number six, and I think Firmino will probably miss the game anyway for injury. But you know, two big players potentially out for Liverpool on Sunday. But from what you're saying there, in terms of his output and how dangerous he is for Leeds and how much he carries the fight, would you suggest that Rafinha missing for Leeds is bigger than maybe Alisson and Fabinho for Liverpool? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I don't know who, who Liverpool would, would, would put in that position. I don't know if Thiago would come in or obviously keeper-wise, I know this, uh, the, the, the lad Kelleher might come in or, or Adrian. I know Adrian sometimes scares you all a little bit, but that would be perfect for us, to be honest. But um, yeah, Rafinha's huge because it's all about the, the, the players coming back in, isn't it, Paul? And, and Leeds have a, an extremely small squad, but we do have an ace in our deck. In Daniel James now, yeah. yeah. You know, last last time, last time at, at Old Trafford, I believe when he played you boys, he got an assist. He was consistently there was a game plan to just play that ball over the top, and a couple of times he turned. Virgil Van Dijk have been doing a bit of uh, research on it in the in the past in the past day or two. We're looking at some Y Scout videos, and he with Liverpool's high line, that it's it's a big play that Leeds could have there, you know, and, and with Calvin Phillips's distribution, it could be a real weapon for Leeds and we'll have to wait and see. But he's he's been away with international duty. Normally Marcelo Bielsa needs the players to have fifty four years to get indoctrinated into the system. <laughs> so, he's like yeah. top in that respect. He doesn't throw him <laughs> in straight away, does he usually? Yeah. So <laughs> so as a as a football fan, we're all wishing and open it's Dan James because you can see it. You can see it, but the likelihood it'll end up being someone like 
Stuart Dallas on the right <laughs> side. <laughs> square, square pegs, round holes, small squad, and that'll be it. So, yeah, yeah. In answer your question, mate, Rafinha, just because of the depth of Leeds United and just obviously the quality of player, two, two, two massive things there, which I think it, it sees having a bit of a problem and, and will see us having a problem if he doesn't feature, I think. Good signing though, James, isn't it? I, I like him. I know he was saying things lately and Gary Neville where that maybe he became a bit safe at United. You know, it's a, a huge move for him. But this there's something there. And, and when he's when he's ready, if it is this Sunday, or when both him and Rafinha are available, are they playing in the same side? Or do you think Rafinha, you know, he's played on the right? Will is that where James is gonna play? How do you see it all fitting in together? Yeah, we don't know, Paul. <laughs> we don't get it. We don't get it. We needed we needed a central midfielder. A winger, a winger was a, a, a definite place where Leeds could improve, but the central area is huge. But Leeds, everything we do is out wide. Everything we do, we never we never really create things centrally. So that's that's a that's a massive reason for me why we've gone for Dan James. Listen, he's wanted him for three years. He's he's been completely obsessed with him. I think on the Amazon documentary, he had a huge file of him, which the Amazon doc um, sort of captured. Uh, but but he is he's the exact player that 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 would benefit Leeds and and in a game like this where there, there's going to be space it's absolutely key and to be honest Paul going from a mid table Swansea side playing with Oli McBurney Matt Grimes no disrespect then going to Manchester United when you're playing with Bruno Fernandez Paul Pogba and your expectations are through the roof and the pressure is through the roof as well to perform every single game I'm not surprised and there will be pressure on him at Leeds they will but not not on the same degree but. A lot of people are talking about the price tag. We've got a player who's been in the Champions League now, the Europa League. He's experienced in the big games. Um, and ultimately, you look at Aaron Ramsdale going to Arsenal for 30 million, Joe Willock going for 25 million. I don't think I don't think the deal's too bad, to be honest. So all in all, a good deal for for, for both sides, I think. Bielsa, war manager, love watching you. But there's times where you think they could be got out of the back. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, it's man for man, isn't it? That's the yeah. problem. Uh, it's the man for man thing. But uh, it's it's the weird thing is, Paul. I think it kind of worked against Liverpool at home. Uh, it really worked. It, it, Liverpool didn't really get into the, the swing of things, and and obviously you have, you have players out that game. But interestingly enough, Rafinha's never played against Liverpool, which is going to be the third oh, time. Yeah, it's yeah of course. Be, it's going to be the third time he's never played against Liverpool. So. Um, you know, without him, the results have been relatively close. I'd say four three and one one. It's not been an absolute battering, but yeah, I think I think it's it, it's going to be a, a fascinating game, to be honest, mate. And uh, and and yeah, yeah. I God, I know you're going to push me for a score prediction in a bit, aren't you? And I'm, I'm yeah. terrified to give you it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I I think it's going to be definitely something a game where you can get at our defence because. The man-for-man system means that if you've got quality players in there, Paul, you get past that man. You know, let's say hypothetically, you have Mo Salah who gets past Luke Allen, and yeah, then yeah. it opens up the entire team. And that's the risk. It's risk versus reward with Leeds. It's all about entertaining football, and that's it. And do you know what, Paul? I, I don't. I don't care if we lose a few games. If I can go to Ellen Road week in, week out, after what I've seen for the past sixteen years, and be thoroughly entertained, mate. Win, lose, or draw, I'm not really that bothered. Yeah, I agree, mate. Especially if you if you are a club and Leeds are only a club at this moment in time, because as you rightly say, it's got ambitions more than that. But if you are going to have a mid-table finish, let's make it exciting, really, along the yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll try and be positive for you a little bit, because I, I think your prediction may please our, the majority of our listeners. But <laughs> I think that 1-1 draw last season, at the back end of the last season, it was just, God, the, 
the, the backdrop to all that was the European Super League, wasn't it? And the mm. protests outside the ground, and then it was a quick U-turn from Liverpool's owners, FSG. But that was a cracking game, like the 4-3 one was, and I think it really deserved the point, though it came late on. If I'm right, and I think you've kind of talked about a few of these games already, the, the performances and the results against the top six, certainly at home last season, was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, very good. As I say, um, I mean, we beat C- City, haven't beaten us yet. We beat, we drew with them at home, beat them away uh, with 10 men, by the way, Arsenal. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea uh, obviously got a draw against them. Man United got a draw against them at home, beat Spurs, that could have been five. Um, so, yeah, beat Leicester away. Um, so, yeah, when you when you look at it all together, we, we did have a, a decent one, apart from the you know the the, the six twos and the five one this season and all that. We don't we try not to talk about that, Paul. But yeah, um, all together, mate, against the top six, seven. It's it changed around a lot in the second half of the season, which was which is really positive. But it's all about defensive solidarity, Paul. You, you can't for me go up against teams like Liverpool and and go gung ho. I just it, it doesn't sit well with me, but it's the Bielsa way and it makes it entertaining, I guess. Yeah, that would be my worry for Leeds that Liverpool, again, you can't, you don't know how much of it is because there was no supporters there at Anfield last season, but they struggled against low block teams yeah. and Chelsea, one of the best teams, well, the best team in Europe on paper at the moment, they, they just struggled to break them down before the international break. Do wonder if Leeds come come out swinging Liverpool may well like that I can remember the last the, the likes of game over in Budapest and it was like that and it was perfect for Liverpool but before I get your verdict I just want to ask you about Liverpool obviously you've seen them twice last season great games you know finished third which was disappointing by the standard they set over the previous few years but they had a lot of players out uh, with those big players back Van Dijk being the, the main one do you see them as genuine title contenders again this season? Yeah you're uh I would describe you as a side at the minute. I think you, you, you're just a. I think you're a silent assassin a little bit as as a club, and I think all the focus is going to be on Chelsea, Man City, and even the dark side now. To be fair, but I do think Liverpool have just. It, I think you look at Liverpool's 11, 12, potentially even stretch it to thirteen, and it is the it's it could potentially be the best eleven on paper in the league, you know, the, I think that could go against City starting 11, Man United starting 11, etc, etc. The only worry for Liverpool, it's just the depth, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's the coming off the bench and it's when things get stretched in the, you know, after the international periods, which are coming thick and fast at the minute. And it's whether or not Liverpool are going to be able to replace the star players with players who can come in and do as good a job, which is always difficult with, with players who are on the bench and stuff like that. But that would be my only take on why Liverpool might fall short. If you listen, if you keep a, a fully fit a fully fit eleven for the full season, which I think you did when you won the league essentially. Yeah, there was yeah. barely anyone missing yeah. ever. Uh, but even I know this weekend there's there's talks, isn't there, of Robertson potentially being out because he's played four four times in eleven days. And that's where the international scene really gets you and stuff like that. But I think starting 11, 12, as I've said, um I think Liverpool 100 percent of title contenders, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you. I think a lot of people listening to this of the Liverpool persuasion would agree with you. I think there's a, a bit of a gamble on the owners' part. I appreciate there's a this huge deficit because of what's happened over coronavirus to the club's finances, like most. But yeah, that is the concern. If a Salah was to go out for a further period of time, basically if any repeat of last season's injuries, hopefully uh, Liverpool have, have had them all. The Jude, Belling- the, the Jude Bellingham rumours, though. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, no, wow. Certainly, us at the Liverpool Echo are beginning to dine out on that already, to be honest, because <laughs> yes. everyone's very excited about him. Not you surprised. can imagine he is a player who 
would love playing for Klopp. And, well, you know, well, Paul, as well, we came across him twice in the Championship when he was 16. And ran, ran, both, ran both games. Just yeah. phenomenal. Phenomenal yeah. footballer. Yeah. But yeah, I think there you go. you're doing that at 16, you've got to be having your Championship yeah. or whatever level, you know. So, who knows? Where we want for next summer? Maybe Rafinha too. We'll sneak that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to wear this on a nastiness now, Paul. <laughs> just the final one then. You've heard it for Sunday. How do you see it going? Yeah, 3-1 Liverpool, I think. No, in fact, yeah, 3-1. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a, a tough one. Uh, it depends on how Bielsa starts, but we've, yeah, I mean, he just has to start Dan James. If he doesn't, then I just, I don't even see where the goals come from. It could potentially be a 3-0 there. So, yeah, um, I'd ask you, but I think you're going to have to go for okay. Liverpool as well, aren't you? I, I think 2-1. I think it'll be a cracking game, but yeah, I I, I I think Liverpool are slightly going under the radar. Like you said, silent assassins there. And there's been quite a bit of an overreaction to the Chelsea game where, got to remember, yeah, the disappointment was because they had 10 men for 45 minutes, but they're an excellent team. And like Champions penalty, of Europe, Paul. Yeah, and penalty came at the worst time because it allowed Tuchel to show the great managers that he is. He got him in, got him calm, reorganised. So, yeah, I, I think Liverpool will mean business this weekend and this season. But I think, hopefully, we're both right anyway. But, uh, Connor, <laughs> thanks very much uh, for joining us, mate. No doubt we'll catch up later in the season for the return game in Anfield. Uh, but enjoy the game. Yeah, cheers, mate. You too. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.